as far as best practice for writing, um, I guess if we're talking about specifically API documentation, uh, there definitely is, you know, like a, a you know a template to use, but there's a lot of there's a thing called developer experience, which is almost like user experience UX, but it's, it's sort of more in the API kind of focus. And um, you know, it involves basically all the different things that you normally would do with user research, such as interviews and sort of remote usability tests, which are kind of interesting. You actually watch the developer kind of go back to what I talked about before with onboarding, where you watch them try to use the quick start, for example, to make their first API call. Are they able to do that? How easy is that? Um, there's other tools like crowd crowdsourcing surveys, uh, questionnaires, reviews. So these are all things that um, are good to happen like throughout the whole process. So normally, you know, you have like normal phases of documentation where you have like requirements gathering and then you have, you know, user research, drafting, um, reviews and publication. Um, so th those are sort of like the high level, but then you can be uh, doing, you know, all these different uh, techniques basically. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gowri Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day, everyone. Welcome to Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Our guest today is Mark Wintowski, API documentation specialist at TechRightX. So welcome, Mark, to the podcast. How are you doing today? Uh, doing very well. Thank you very much for inviting me. Great. So, Mark, uh, before we start uh, with any further questions, I would like to understand a little bit more about yourself and how did you get into this profession, professional journey and um, who was your motivator uh, to get into the space? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I guess uh, starting way back. So um, when I was sort of my adolescence, I really didn't know what I uh, wanted to do. I, I was kind of good at writing, um, but I, I realized I'm that the career opportunities are a little bit limited, you know, that, you know, you could go into journalism or be an English professor or uh, become a starving author or something. Uh, so uh, when I was in college, I kind of felt the pressure building as I needed to sort of make a decision. Um, and I knew I needed to find something that was, uh, had a practical business angle, but um, also allowed me to sort of express myself through writing. So um, what I, how I discovered like what a tech writer is, is I was, one day I was just pouring over it seems like hundreds of uh, job descriptions and um, uh, job listings. And uh, basically I stumbled upon this thing called a tech writer and uh, just something really clicked with it. I was like, uh, wow, that's really interesting. I didn't know that someone would pay you to do something like that. It sounds really cool, you know, as a job. Um, so I, you know, I read a bit further and then uh, I just really liked how it sort of merged the two worlds of writing and technology. And technology was something that I was sort of had sort of like a growing interest in and anyway so uh yeah so i kind of went with that and i eventually got my first job as a junior junior writer um but uh i guess back up a little before that i i, I think i discovered uh, tom johnson's blog uh i'd rather be writing that was sort of one of my big inspirations because i saw I, just the, the amount of content that he had on tech writing as well as sort of personality wise it just seemed like it was sort of like a good fit uh a good fit for it and um I knew at that at that stage I was a little bit inexperienced with like the, the technical aspect, so I taught myself programming. You know, took, took a few online courses and uh, got involved with some open source projects, which is something I recommend to anyone who's just sort of starting out. Um, and then later on, you know, as things progressed, um, once again, kind of looking at Tom's stuff, he had like an API documentation course, and that's how I got into 
API documentation and I eventually switched over to I only sort of did that sort of documentation of the user interface stuff. So uh, that, that's sort of how I got into it and you know, what led to uh, me being a tech writer. Great, great, uh, great yeah. to hear, Mark. Uh, and thank you for all the contributions you're making towards the community as well. And uh, let's talk a little bit more about API documentation, because as you rightly said, that's your speciality, if we call it as. Uh, so um, is there any standard structure that technical writers should add higher when it comes to API documentation? Well, there's, uh, there's a lot of aspects of API documentation. So um, the most familiar that you've probably seen are Swagger documentation, which is documentation that's automatically generated from what's called the open API spec, which is basically the overall structure of the API, basically how the API is coded. And then it kind of, you use, Swagger basically spits out what uh, the API is, you know, all the different requests and all the different parameters you can use. And uh, that, that's one part of the documentation that's very uh, important. And uh, tech writers get involved heavily with that, with uh, writing descriptions for for you know fields and uh, parameters and and resources and so forth. So that's one aspect of it. And then uh, the other very sort of writing intensive one is the what's called sort of conceptual documentation, which is think of more of that as user guides um, in a sense. As far as structure, uh, there there is kind of a uh, a basic structure. So usually it starts out as some sort of onboarding um, slash get started where uh, the developer is taken through the quickest route possible to using the API. Usually there's some kind of quick start or some kind of command or uh, tool that kind of gets them up to speed as soon as possible. That's that's the ideal. Sometimes it's, if it's not, if it's not an easy uh, onboarding situation, like it could be bad as far as them wanting to use the API. So that's a very important aspect. Uh, then there's other, there's other, ones uh, such as uh, uh, key concepts. So this would be kind of broad, but uh, just listing out the different uh, concept ideas that are part of maybe, maybe they're industry topics, maybe they're, you know, domain topics, maybe there's just some, there's maybe it's a large platform and the, and the user who's using the API needs to be familiar with the other aspects of the platform. So that, that's sort of an important part as well. Um, yeah, and then there's other things. There's step-by-step -step guides, uh, coding tutorials where it actually shows you how to use the API to, to write an app. So basically write an app that incorporates the API's functionality into it. Um, there's things like frequently asked questions, uh, FAQs, um, definitely probably missing some in there, but uh, I think you kind of get the idea. So it's basically everything that you would have in normal documentation for a product, for example, um, but it's going to be slightly more aimed at more of like a technical technical audience rather than user interface. So maybe a short and it's obviously a huge topic, so I don't want to go too <laughs> deep end with it. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Uh, and can you name some of the components of APA documentation if that will help the audience? Yeah, sure. Uh, so basically, you know, that that's sort of what I what I mentioned was the the sections like the get started, uh, key concepts, um, then uh, you know you want to mention the API architecture uh, as well. You want to have um, the coding tutorials, uh, uh, code samples for coding tutorials and code samples. A little bit different coding tutorials are um, well. The coding tutorials actually how to like write you know write an app to use uh, use certain features, and then I would distinguish that from use cases. Use cases are another important one where it's almost like a full. 
uh, workflow of, it's not just including a functionality, it's basically a certain situation in the real world that they would actually use uh, the API. So it's a full description of that uh, it includes, you know, architecture, it includes, um, it's, just, it's almost like its own little guide for, for the particular use case. And there's usually dozens of use cases for the APIs that are well-documented, uh, for example. Um, and then, uh, then you have, uh, that's conceptual documentation. Then you have the reference documentation, which uh, basically just outlines the different endpoints. Um, it outlines the uh, parameters that can be used uh, per, per endpoint, uh, shows the schemas. Um, so there's a lot of different components to, to the reference documentation as well. So those are kind of the main ones. <laughs> Great. And whenever we talk about such big topic or huge topic, um, one thing I would like to ask is on the best practices, because it's so easy to get diverted and diversified. So any best practices you can suggest to our audiences today, please? Yeah, sure. Uh, so as far as best practice for writing, um, I guess if we're talking about specifically API documentation, uh, there definitely is, you know, like a, a, you know, a template to use, but there's a lot of, there's a thing called developer experience, which is almost like user experience UX, but it's, it's sort of more in the API kind of focus. And, um, you know, it involves basically all the different things that you normally would do with user research, such as interviews and sort of remote usability tests, which are kind of interesting. You actually watch the developer kind of go back to what I talked about before with onboarding, where you watch them try to use the quick start, for example, to make their first API call. Are they able to do that? How easy is that? Um, there's other tools like crowd crowdsourcing surveys, uh, questionnaires, reviews. So these are all things that um, are good to happen like throughout the whole process. So normally, you know, you have like normal phases of documentation where you have like requirements gathering and then you have you know, user research, drafting, um, reviews and publication. Um, so th those are sort of like the high level, but then you can be uh, doing, you know, all these different uh, techniques basically for developer experience. Um, and uh, for, for me personally, like I find the most uh, beneficial is um, to have like contact with the, uh, the developer as they're using the product. So on a call, for example, so like a live interview uh, of uh, working with the developer and basically hearing, uh, seeing where they're tripping up or, you know, hearing their opinion directly um, rather than sort of through support structures and stuff. And that's sort of, uh, that's that's something else that I find very challenging. If you're in a larger organization, for example, then typically like the tech writers are separated from the support staff or other people that are uh, sort of interacting with the, uh, the customer. Um, so you sort of get it as a tech writer, you get secondhand information because they're sort of giving you information from their perspective. They aren't really taking it from, as a tech writer, from, from your perspective. So that can be quite challenging. Um, and, you know, recently I've been, I, I work with more like smaller companies now, which are really good because usually smaller companies, um, you know, with that are just starting out like delivering APIs, they usually have some sort of partnership and there's like a weekly call with, with developers and it's really, really uh, good to really easy to kind of jump on a call basically. So my, uh, my opinion is that I think, I think tech writers should be interacting with customers basically. I feel, I feel like they shouldn't be left out of that. I think that's a key piece because the, the other element, elements I mentioned are good, you know, like surveys, questionnaires, it's all good, but you know, you really need to be interacting with the person using you. Yeah. That's my, that's my belief. So. <laughs> right. Very well said, Mark. So it's, 
when you want to produce a good quality documentation, your interaction with various teams at an early stages are very vital uh, for your output. So I would definitely uh, echo your words in that. And um, so we spoke about the best practices, some of the components of APA documentation. So the other, other important topic is on the challenges faced by technical writers when it comes to APA documentation. So uh, have you come across any in your initial days that you can share with us? Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest uh, challenges is that um, with this with this sort of uh, job description, you're you are a lot, a lot of tech writers. They start out using using interface documentation. That, that's definitely my my experience. And then they sort of move into APIs. And then when you get into API documentation, you're interacting a lot with developers. So uh, developers are a lot different from uh, people you normally interact with, with, say, soft, you know, people that uh, are involved with developing software products with user interface and so forth. It's, it's it kind of gets into more the the, the sort of uh, back end sort of aspect of uh, of things with with you know with app development and there's a whole uh, there's a whole sort of like ecosystem of things you need to be familiar with you need to be familiar with you know like with Git and uh, using uh, you know writing in Markdown and using static site generators instead of using you know certain other tools so you're uh, basically trying to get as close to developers as possible, working with them using the tools and processes that they use. Um, so that could, that can be quite challenging. That's definitely like the the one of the biggest uh, learning curves. And and then also, uh, you know, learning APIs. You, you obviously take an API documentation course, but the you know APIs in themselves are like this huge uh, huge topic. You know, I mean, because there's there's not there's many different types of APIs, and the ones you're working on are different. Um, you know, there's there's APIs for IoT, Internet of Things. There's very domain specific APIs. It could be, uh, you know, like Paynet providers, for example. So that's a whole whole domain of them. So the biggest challenge really is that you might know, you know, how you know the components of API documentation, but there's so much domain specific things that are from API to API uh, that need to be learned to fully understand the use cases, for example, for APIs and why they're used. Um, so that, that's kind of a challenge, but it's also the most rewarding thing because you're, you're learning a lot, um, you know, the technical aspects, but then you're also learning more of, um, you know, industries and, and, and domain topics and so forth. So that's all good. And you can kind of pick a niche as well. So like, uh, recently I, I, I sort of kind of learned a lot about FinTech, which is one, one of the biggest types of APIs now with things like payment providers like Stripe and ADN and, uh, yeah. so forth. So, uh. Yeah, it, it's cool. You can kind of pick pick the area that you kind of want to go into. Um, I, I think that pretty much I think that pretty much answers your question. That's what I find the most challenging is sort of always staying uh, staying up to date and you know that you have a familiarity with concepts uh, that are being discussed in the documentation. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> do you recommend or do you think a knowledge based solution can solve at least some of these challenges that you cited previously? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, the thing with, um, this is sort of a part of a broader topic on tooling, uh, which is something that I, I deal with, uh, I deal with a lot. So I, I try to, uh, e either, either some, either a, a company has, uh, you know, invested in, in a tool, um, and then they need help actually, you know, migrating it or using the tool or, or doing it. Um, so my, my approach is very tools agnostic. Uh, so. 
I'm not attached to any one tool. It could be uh, the customer might have built their own tool. You know, it could be this huge uh, open source thing, or they could be using uh, something like MacAppLev or something like that. Uh, so basically, my approach is um, understanding the tools, seeing the the advantages and disadvantages. There's no perfect tool. Um, seeing the advantages and disadvantages. If someone needs help, you know, choosing a tool, then uh, what tool is best fits their situation. And uh, if it's something that they've already chosen and invested in, then that's that's sort of the you know that's obviously the the approach that would be taken. Um, so you know, I, I think uh, I guess what I'm saying is uh, I think tools are important. Um, and I think that tools can have features that definitely can help. Like for example, uh, you know, if a tool has really good analytics or something like that, uh, that's definitely a huge plus. Um, you obviously have to know what to do with analytics, you know, and um, you have to know how to use the tool in the right way. Um, but um, I, I, I recommend taking a holistic approach to tools, but to answer your question, yes, I feel that I feel tools can solve problems, basically is what my, my end sort of thing is. Um, and to sort of pick pick tools that solve your problems. I guess that's that's, that's, that's. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's, that's great to hear, Mark. Uh, let's uh, move on to the rapid fire round questions. So, okay. can you share a documentation related resource you have consumed recently. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> kind of nerdy. It's uh, I I've been reading a lot of uh, docs for static site generators. So the, those are basically uh, they're they're basically web websites that are you you can run a command and it, it takes a bunch of files and it spits it out. It's kind of kind of a whole thing, but uh, they're basically tools you can use for documentation. Um, and I've been uh, using a Astro the Astro framework, which is a static site generator that that's uh, I I like a lot so far. It's very documentation focused. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other one's Next.js, which is more of a more of a you know framework for creating apps and so forth. So th those are the two that I've been looking into. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, what's that one word that comes to your mind when someone says documentation? Uh, when someone says documentation, I guess I, I, I what I think is uh, it's it's uh, how do I say this? It's like uh, there's a whole world there of documentation. So it usually they're just talking they, when they say documentation they're only referring to one aspect which is the writing the writing of the document but then i feel like there's like a whole world around it as far as you know understanding the user and then doing you know doing the requirements gathering and the research and uh all that aspect of it so it's not just the writing and then improving your documentation portal and all this other stuff so basically i i, I think it's sounds narrow when someone uses it when it's actually like this you know a lot a lot more to it and uh depends if they have time to hear about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay and uh my last question is what is that one piece of documentation related advice you would give to your 20 year old self okay that's a good one um let's see i think probably just like stay curious and uh one of the most important things for me is like asking questions you you have to establish those relationships with people uh it could be that it's someone who has a particular bit of knowledge that you need to to do a part, certain aspect of your job or it's something it's a topic that um that you're interested in want to pursue further just try to try to locate those people that um that have patience basically and and are willing to sort of ask your questions and don't be afraid to go down uh 
rabbit holes exploring, even if you don't know why you're doing it at the moment or what the outcome is. So um, just stay curious. And uh, that's what I recommend. Because I feel like when I was my younger self might have been more like, oh, I feel like I'm annoying this person or, you know, I'm asking too many questions. So um, as someone like in my position now, I really love it when someone asks me uh, questions and, and wants to learn more. So that's that's something I would put out there. So, so. <laughs> Great. Right, Mark. So I think we are almost to the end of the podcast. Anything else I missed to ask you or is there anything you would like to uh, convey to our audiences today? I don't think so. Uh, I think uh, you had uh, you had one good question uh, in, in there. I, I don't you, you kind of mentioned that you might uh, uh, bring it up as far as uh, if you have good quality documentation, do you think that um, does that reduce your workload? That was like one of the things I thought was really interesting. Uh, that uh, it, it it can it doesn't really reduce your workload, but it's kind of like in a good way. Uh, it it just means as a tech writer, you can focus on other things besides the writing. So like adding features to your website or researching technologies or spending more time on strategy. Um, so uh, you might outsource your writing to uh, to other stakeholders, but um, you you're just you switch roles and become the reviewer in that in that instance. So um, having good quality documentation is it's a really good thing because it allows you to sort of put on different hats and sort of switch switch roles. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you for your time, Mark, with us today. And it was an absolute pleasure to share some of your experiences uh, with us and the, and the audience. I wish you all the very best for your future uh, projects and we'll keep in touch. Yes, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Take care, Mark. Yeah. Okay, take care, bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.